The Washington Commanders head up to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots, and we've brought on Christopher Price from the Boston Globe and the Patriots Report to let us know how it's going to go. Let's go! Greetings and salutations, and welcome to your game preview here on Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner on the Believe Network. And wherever you're listening to us, if it's on your favorite audio platform, make sure that you sub up, get those auto downloads, and give us a rating and review as well. That helps other people find our content. If you're here on YouTube, if you haven't already, make sure you like and sub this. And hey, if you caught us on TV, um, one of the Believe Network's partners, let us know in the comment section because that's really cool. We appreciate your support here on Ref the District. We'll have Christopher Price joining us from the Boston Globe, from the Patriots Report, to give us the Patriots side of things. They're two and yeah. six. We're three and five. Neither team are good, Stoner. Yeah. Is there anything they excel at? Uh, no, they don't. Next question. No, I mean, seriously, they're, they're not a very good team, and their two and six record indicates that. Same as Washington, three and five, not a very good team. But where you can look at Washington, you can say there's a lot of talent there, and they should be better. With New England, I don't think you really see that. I mean, if you look defensively, they're they're pretty much a Bill Belichick-led defense. But offensively, I mean, they stink. Mac Jones stinks. However, if they get to the 10-yard line or inside goal-to-go situations, they've scored a touchdown every single time this year. They're 100% perfect, where the NFL average is 70%. So that's one thing. Just keep them away from the 10-yard line. Instead of the goal line being your stopping point, Make 10 yard because if 10 yards from there, they're not getting into the end zone otherwise. If they're within 10, they're a sure bet. And that would bring us to one of our sponsors here, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contest. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Washington's game will start at noon, Stoner, and they are currently three-point dogs to the Patriots, according to Bet Online. We'll have to mm. see what Christopher Price says about it. You got something to stop me? Yeah, just because, you know, if we all get there at noon and there's no game until 1 o'clock, we're going to be pretty upset. <laughs> so you said it was starting at noon. And if I sit Cent there at noon, Cent and there's no central game. time is in my head here <laughs> in Oklahoma. So absolutely That's game starts at one. Thanks <laughs> for the live correction. Now, man, Christopher is just going to make fun of us and our team. Let's get to him here. Christopher, thanks for joining us here on Ref the District. We know you're a busy person and you've got lots of things to write about. Maybe one of those things, Christopher, is... Mike Florio just keeps throwing it out there that the Washington commanders just maybe will trade for Bill Belichick after the season's end. I, I want to ask you not whether or not it's true, because I don't think it's really true, but how happy would Patriots fans be if Bill Belichick was traded to Washington? It's really a, a 
double-edged sword, I think, for a lot of people. There are a lot of folks up here who are still in the camp of let's give Bill some grace. You know, Mm -hmm. 20 years, he's earned it. We've had a great run. The idea that let's give him a year or two to kind of pull it out of this nosedive. Uh, And then there's a large portion of the fan base that just says, all right, fine, don't let the door hit you on the way out. So. Um, both of them are, are polarizing. Both of them, are, you know, feel very strongly in their opinions. So I, I look, I, I guess as a football historian, I would be a little depressed. I'd be a little bummed out if he didn't get a shot at the Shula record while in New England. Hmm. But look, you know, the bottom line is I firmly believe this. There's probably a dozen teams out there who, if Bill was fired tomorrow, would be at his front door with a contract saying, look, let's go. Wow. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. And you kind of hinted on it a little bit, but what what do you think? Do you think that he should be able to basically uh, orchestrate his own exit? Or or does he need to keep winning before you finally say, oh, look, you got to go? I think the most palatable option for everyone concerned here when you consider this situation is to have Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick sit down this offseason And Robert says, look, we want to keep you here, but we want to keep you here with a GM because I I think he's still a very good coach. I think Bill, the GM, has let down Bill, the coach, Mm. uh, especially over these last couple of years when they really just absolutely botched the Brady dismount. That's not all on Bill, but at the same time, I think this, this franchise would be best served if Bill was a head coach and they brought in someone from the outside that was mutually agreeable to both Robert and Bill as a GM to run the personnel department. And so I, I guess the short answer to your question, I, I think he has kind of earned the right, um, earned a little grace, uh, but I, I don't know how long that, you know, how much slack they're going to give him ultimately. As a GM, it's kind of funny because I was looking over and there's not a lot of recon- recognizable names on the roster, right? Not any big pop, you know, no stars or anything like that. And that's kind of been... His MO with the Patriots is you have a couple of key players and and really star players, but then you just kind of fill it with a bunch of you know no names and just people who know how to do their job. Why is it not working now where it was working before? Was it just Tom Brady? You know, that both of them kind of fell off after you know, even Tom Brady won that Super Bowl, but of course he didn't end his career the way he wanted. And now we're starting to see Bill Belichick's kind of plan of no superstars not really working out with New England. Tom camouflaged a lot of deficiencies. Hmm. And I think that really became evident over the last couple of years. You could make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, with with a wide receiver core if you had Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you could stay in games that were shootouts if you had a lousy defense because you had Tom Brady. Um, one of the things that I think is really important when you look at this roster the, the middle of the roster, uh, under what Bill's uh, traditional team-building approach, the middle of the roster has always been pretty robust because you know there's going to be some there's going to be a war of attrition. And I think this year, there's some guys who, let's just say, deserve better than two and six. Um, there's a handful of guys in this roster who I think are really good quality players. They're not superstars like we talked about, but but guys like guys like um, Jabril Peppers. Peppers is having a great year. You know, sure. Kendrick Bourne before he went down last week was having a really good year. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, the the rookie, I, I think was was having a really good year. Matthew Judon, again, having a really good year. But again, to your point, 
they don't have the above marquee, above the marquee talent that they've had in years past, whether it's been Brady or Gronkowski or Randy Moss or Wes Welker or whoever, you know, you want to put up there. And I, I think that, that that is really, you know, that, that, that scene in their record, two and six. Look, it's ultimately, you know, you just have to go back and look at the, the Dolphins game. The talent gap, the overall talent gap between those two teams was absolutely massive. And I think it, it was reflected in the final score. So let's go from Tom, you know, from Tom Brady to his replacement now, Mac Jones. Largely viewed, I think, from outside of New England as a below-average quarterback at this point, who had a nice rookie year, but has really kind of regressed to the mean. What what is the feeling up there in in the New England area in terms of is this the guy for the Patriots' future? If they have a top five pick and they don't take a quarterback, there will be riots. Uh, <laughs> right. Whether it's look, whether it's Caleb Williams or Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix or Drake May or you know whatever, there, there's a great fear up here that. Bill would get a top five pick and use it on the best, you know, guard available or trade down for like five twos or you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I like Mac personally. I, I think that the commitment level is there. I just don't think it's a combination of things this year with him. First of all, the offensive line has never been right health-wise. Cole Strange, really good left guard, first round pick a couple of years ago. He got hurt first day in pads. Knee injury, never really gotten past that. Trent Brown probably your best pure offensive lineman, has been on and off the injury report all season long. Concussion, chest, ankle, on and on and on and on and on. Michael Wenyu, probably your most talented and versatile offensive lineman. Um, he's been – he never really – he's just kind of coming around now after offseason ankle surgery. Um, so it's it's been a struggle. And they, they signed a couple of guys. They signed a couple of journeymen, Riley Reeve, Calvin Anderson. They drafted three kids. None of them have really been able to work out, at least from a consistency standpoint. So that's where you start with Mac. The offensive line, you know, I always go back to the old, you know, I'm, and I'm not just, you know, pandering here. I, I go back to the old Mark Rippon example. Bad offensive, good offensive line makes a bad quarterback good and a good quarterback great. Um, Mac has not had a good offensive line this year, and it's and it's reflected again in the two and six record. The other thing too. He's the kind of guy we're just now seeing this because this was a case. He was surrounded by all Americans in Alabama. He needs everything to work perfectly for him. He's not the kind of quarterback who can put a team on his shoulders and say, look, I know I have trouble with the offensive line. I know I have a lousy running game, but I am going to be the guy who's going to get us across the finish line. He's either not there yet or not capable of getting there because I, 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 I always go back to this with him. He's not – equipped to rise above adversity. If everything is working for him, as we saw a lot of times his, his rookie year, I think he can be a very good quarterback. But if you have breakdowns in protection, if your running game isn't, you know, just so, if your if your your skill position guys are not getting the job done, he's going to struggle. And we've seen that this year an awful lot. Well, the Washington Commanders are kicking the tires on their QB to see whether or not he is theirs of the future, kind of like with Mac Jones there in the Patriots. Bill Belichick, known for making rookies' lives absolutely miserable. While Sam Howell isn't a rookie, he is a first-year starter. What can Sam Howell expect from Bill Belichick in that defense on Sunday? It, you know, it, it goes. it's the old Bill Belichick maxim. He's going to take your best thing away. He's going to take your most talented and consistent offensive option, and he is going to dedicate all of his efforts to stopping that individual. Um, 
in, you know, we sometimes to the detriment of the, you know, the, the, the outcome of the game, the first Miami game, we saw them totally and completely really shut down Tyree Kill. He had like five catches for 40 yards. They did a great job on him. Raheem Mostert ran for over 100 yards. So right. you, you kind of, you know, you, you, you play pick your poison. And I think if I'm Washington, I need to have my second and third options absolutely prepared and ready to go for this one because Bill is going to focus squarely on the number one offensive option. Um, the, you know, the, the phrase that I always, I always think of, he's going to try and get you to play with one hand tied behind your back. He's going to try and get you to play left-handed if you're right-handed and right-handed if you're left-handed. So sometimes it works with young quarterbacks. Sometimes it doesn't. So we'll, we'll see on Sunday. All right. So let's switch to the other side then. That's I'm going to take away. I'm going to use that same game plan. If I'm defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, I don't even know who, who the guy is, but let's just say we take away, we put three guys on Hunter Henry. And we say we're shutting him down. What can we expect for the New England offense then to to try and beat this Washington defense? A whole lot of Pop Douglas. Hmm. Six-round pick out of Liberty who struggled early in the year with ball control. He fumbled against the Dolphins in week two, and Bill sat him down. And really, I think you can make an argument to the detriment of the team. Uh, When Pop Douglas has been at his best, he's been like a pocket-sized version of Tyreek Hill. You can line him up in a couple of spots. He's got terrific short area quickness. Uh, he's great in space. He can make guys miss, uh, but he's a rookie. And so, you know, there's there's still a learning curve there, but he's performed really, really well so far. I, I think he's gone above and beyond. Um, I, I, I do think you're going to see a lot of Pop Douglas. I also think, too, that there's a chance it feels like, and this is, you know, the, the numbers probably don't represent this, but it feels like Ramondre Stevenson is getting going. A little bit. Uh, he had some issues earlier in the year. He all of a sudden started splitting carries with Zeke. Um, but I think he's at a spot now where I don't want to say he's poised to break out, but he's poised to put up better numbers now in the second half of the season than he was earlier in the season. And then I'll throw a wild card at you guys. And I know he's all questionable right. for this game. So I, I don't want to, you know, don't quote me on this if he doesn't play. But Farrell Brown, hmm. tight end, who is just been a bit of a revelation this year. He's, he's a Bill O'Brien guy. He played from in Houston. O'Brien brought him here uh, right before the start of the season. He has, I think, just under 10 catches, but he's averaging 20-plus yards per catch. He's threatening Stanley Morgan's record for yards per catch. And look, with all the great receivers that the Patriots have had here the last few years, the last guy in the world who I would expect to threaten Stanley Morgan's record is Farrell Brown. But he's a big guy. He is a more than willing blocker, loves to be physical in the run game, uh, and is just has thrown everything that's been, you know, has been caught everything, has caught everything that's been thrown his way this year. So it's been fun to watch. Um, so so that's kind of the wild card in all this, that Farrell Brown has kind of come out of nowhere and given the offense a bit of a jolt this season. Well, we'll definitely have to look out for yeah. him. Now, I know you and your partner, Chris Hogan, on the Patriots report were a little confident in your 2-16 and 16 being able to beat the Washington Commanders. What <laughs> uh, is there anything about the Commanders that might strike fear or give you concern Sunday? The unknown of Sam Howell. I, I think that, you know, we talked about him being a, a first-year quarterback, or, you know, a, a young quarterback. I, I think that there's almost, you know, that can work two ways where you get a sense of uh, we, we've never seen this guy before. And some of the rookie quarterbacks, it's funny, when you look over the years, some, some of the rookie quarterbacks, the younger quarterbacks who've had success against Bill have kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. 
Um, I remember you know, almost now 10 years ago, Geno Smith was a guy who, who really surprised Bill and the Jets ended up winning. Um, uh, I, I want to say, I think Sanchez did the same as a rookie. And then there was Colt McCoy. And look, these are not Hall of Fame names, but I think the unknown aspect of it kind of plays into it a little bit. So I think the general fear of the unknown, um, and that being said, I think the reason for the confidence is that, look, I don't want to say, you know, use the phrase winnable games for a two and six team because you're two and six. And we mentioned this beforehand. This is a new reality for the Patriots. But you can say no games are winnable games. You know, there's no on the schedule. You know, you haven't earned the right to be a team that gets to call the call anything a winnable game. So, I, I think ultimately the biggest thing though is is, is the fear of the unknown that there, there's going to be a guy on that roster who is going to come out of nowhere, or just the fact that they haven't faced Sam Howell before. You know, there's the opportunity for for Howell to throw him a bit of a, a, bit of a curveball in the process. All right, Christopher, my last question for you: um, Are you going through parade withdrawal? up there you guys haven't had a championship parade in i don't know two and a half years i don't even know honestly oh. i can't remember but oh. are you going through withdrawal the horror oh it's so tough it's yeah. so tough i tell you we my son who is 18 i think we counted it up the other day he, he'd been to like 10 parades you know which is i know which just people just hate people in other cities just hate i get it i do i would hate it too um but yeah i mean look it, it's it was a it was a really good run for a really long time. And we have this year, I mean, we have a really good Celtics team up here. They beat the mm. Pacers the other night by like 51 points. Mm. Um, the Bruins have started well. So, look, you know, don't cry a whole lot just because the football team isn't, isn't where it, uh, you know, it's been in years past and the baseball team has struggled too. So, um, yeah, I guess there's a little parade withdrawal, but, you know, fingers crossed we'll, we'll get one in June with the Celtics again. Well, hopefully you do not get a victory, but Christopher, I got to ask you, go ahead and give us a game score prediction for Sunday against the Washington Commanders. I'm going to say, I, I, I hesitate to give the Patriots 21 points just because the offense has been what it's been, but I'm going to tell you what, I'll say this. I'll say, I'll say 20 to 17 New England. Um, Close game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a dramatic game. I do. I think it's going to come down to someone making a play in the fourth quarter. And for all of the offensive struggles that this team has had over the course of the first eight games of the season, the defense, even without Judon and Gonzalez, has been pretty good. They've been more than carrying their weight. And so I'll say 20 to 17, but with the understanding that we get a defensive touchdown from New England and then, you know, maybe a, maybe a little bit of special teams magic in there as well. So I'll go ahead and say 20 to 17 Patriots. Fair enough. Well, Christopher, thanks for joining us here on Ref the District. This is Christopher Price from the Patriots Report and the Boston Globe. We appreciate you taking the time here. I'm Nathan. That's the Stoner. We're presented by Bet Online, and you can catch us live during the game for our play-by-play and commentary on our YouTube channel. But until next time, don't don't send Belichick our way. Send him somewhere else. Just not our way. Be a fan. Will do.